podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Downey coming to you as ever from beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined on this Sunday evening, slap bang in the heart of the wilderness that is International Fortnight, by political schmoozer Carl Kopak and highly very appreciator Cam Branch, while in the background, knob twinning maestro Guy Drinkle is readying himself to interject another slew of bad takes in the chat box. Now, lads, I've been feeling a bit nostalgic for the uh, literary delights of Steve Bruce and the pro stylings of Sid Little. So, like a sort of a shite book junkie, I went in search of a bit of a hit there. Uh, yesterday or the day before, and it turns out, and Carl, you'll be interested in this, that there is an Amazon list of the ten worst reviewed books, uh, and they, t- they, they, none, none of your five star uh, 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 reviews that, that you're used to, but quite honestly, some of they seem like some of the worst books ever. For example, on the top ten list, at number nine, uh, is. Does God Love Michael's Two Daddies by Sheila K. Butt, which is just... Whoa, whoa, yeah. a start that is. Yeah, I... It's, 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 just as this is going to be rank. Oh, there's some serious Bible bashing going on that one, but my favourite by far is uh, comes in at number eight on the list. It's called Wild Animus, a novel, and it's by Rich Shapiro. And basically, you just have to hear this plot summary and you just want to read it. It's basically, it goes like this. Drug dealer Sam Altman graduates college in the 60s, moves to Alaska, and transforms into a ram. What? Uh, I yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm all, I'm all in there. I mean, I'm going to look this book up. Did I, 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 as a writer myself, my first thought was chapter two is going to be interesting. Oh, wow. How does he settle down that bombshell? That is just glorious. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, and apparently it's, it's so bad that people can't make it past the third or fourth page. So I'm genuinely, genuinely excited to. Well, you that. know, there's a film one as well. I'll try and find them on YouTube. I'll send them around and maybe put them on Twitter. But there's, um, my, my mate Al, uh, who's actually on Twitter, who I recommend everyone follow. He puts some on my, uh, timeline about two years ago. The worst, the worst acting in any film ever. Oh, um, yeah. I, I hope to God I can find it because. You don't even laugh. You, your 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 mouth is hanging open. It's that bad. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's Nicholas Cage. You could add power to that list. Oh, I, I think Nicholas Cage um, reduces the bar by several feet when it comes to the bad actors. <laughs> Nicholas Cage in The Wicker Man is just. Oh yes, yes. That's a that's actually a great shout. Yeah. Um, because I'm a massive fan of the original, and yeah. um, he is yeah pretty appalling. Um, almost as bad oh! as you. All that sort of stuff. Oh, that type of thing, yeah. Uh, He's in another remake as well. Oh, God, what's it called? Uh, Bad Lieutenant, and he's absolutely awful in that as well. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, guess what's uh, pretty much in all the top ten worst books ever? It is, of course, E.L. James and uh, and her, um, you know, uh, Fifty Shades series. And it features this one quote, which I'm going to leave you guys with. And it says... His voice is warm and husky, like dark melted chocolate fudge caramel, or something. 
Well, I, 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 I mentioned on these airways before about the the famous line in um, uh, Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code where he says, said the famous man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have actually. <laughs> but I'm just, just going off topic a little bit because you mentioned Bad Lieutenant and I have to tell this story and I honestly can't mention names. But there was a friend of mine one night who was just about to go on a dating app and he, let's say he was taking it sort of less seriously, the questionnaire at the beginning. And he's not, he's not really a big film goer as such, I'd say. He's, like, he's, he's into, um, movies, not films, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, he said, one of the questions was, if you could be a character in any film who would you, that, that resembled you, who would it be? And I just said, just put the main character in Bad Lieutenant. And he did. Strangely, he got no, he got no hits. Odd that, yes, odd yeah. that. Um, then, then, then later on that night, he read the um, the Wikipedia um, uh, article about uh, the plot line for Bad Lieutenant. I think he laughed for a full hour. <laughs> you know, uh, you, nice man. Harvey Harvey Keitel makes some of those Nicolas Cage noises in the original as well. Oh, yeah, quite, does, yeah. quite a quite a few uh, moany high pitched noises. Please. Anyway, Carl, what what have you got for us this week to kick us off um, from from uh, the wonderful world of 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 uh, literature? Um, it's this is actually a true event, and it's only three words, so I'll explain it afterwards. So no one's going to get this at all. This reference, unless you read things I write. Okay. Uh, there's got to be someone out there as well. Um, and it's this. Will you? Yes. Now, stemmed from, um, the reason I say that is because it's an anniversary, the anniversary of yesterday of a woman called Mrs. Long who was walking up Spitalfields, to, sorry, um, up Hambridge Street in Spitalfields, um, to go to Spitalfields Market to work when she saw a woman she later described, uh, recognised as Annie Chapman talking to a man, um, of about the same height, dressed in, in her words, a shabby genteel appearance. And those, and that was the exchange she had. And, uh, not long after, uh, um, she was, uh, and he was found dead in the backyard of 29 Ambridge Street. It was 130 years ago yesterday. And she was the second official victim of gathering. I am taking it that this, uh, particular, um, uh, anecdote comes from your recent Ripper conference attendance. Is that correct? I was there yesterday, yeah. I, I went to, so basically I'm a member of something called the Whitechapel Society. Uh, which is a society based on, on everything to do with Whitechapel. So there's a series of talks. One was about the, um, the, the, the match girls strike. So basically in the East Ends, before the Ripper murders, there was, um, uh, the, these girls basically, some of them between 14, 14 and 20, I'm guessing, decided that, you know what, they were a bit sick of, bit sick of, you know, being poisoned every day by sulfur fumes, uh, and went on strike, um, which is a huge thing for sort of young girls to do in Victorian times. So I went to a talk on that. Um, there's four talks on the day, and uh, the last one was given by a woman called um, Hallie Rubenfold, who is um, who's pretty much an expert on anything sort of women related in in Victorian England. She's been on lots of TV programs and things. That was really good. But it was literally that they they um, the talk was at Hambury Hall, which is almost directly opposite where 29 Hambury Street would have been. So I was literally there yesterday. Tell me, please, before I go to Cam, that the White Chapel Society has a secret handshake. You have to have a secret handshake. I'm not allowed to divulge that information. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are you in the 33rd degree of it yet, or where are we going? <laughs> you leave, um, my cowl is currently drying, drying on a fork in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think with a cowl is good. good. 
Yeah, anything with Carol is good. Cam, what about you? I believe you've got a, a, a blockbuster for us this week. I have, yeah. It's a mini novel in itself. So here goes. To put it in gentleman's terms, if you've been out for a night and you're looking for a young lady and you pull one, some weeks are good looking and some weeks are not the best. Our performance today would have been not the best looking girl, but at, yeah. least we, at least we got her in the taxi. She weren't the best looking lady. We ended up taking home, but she was very pleasant and very nice. So thanks very much. Let's have a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to that lad? He's just, is he, is he still in management? He's a pundit. Is he a pundit now? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Cam, reveal the, uh, the author for, for those of us, or for those well, listeners. As everybody has no doubt guessed, all 170,000 listeners, um, that was, the brilliant Ian Holloway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- there was a time when I was, I, I, I did actually like his shtick, but it kind of wore a bit thin, I think, as he, as he, uh, was a little bit overexposed, but that, that was certainly, uh, that was uh, amongst his most famous ones, I think. Uh, yeah. I, sh- I, I picked that reason being because, uh, I thought it best described our performance against Leicester. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Thematic. I like that. I like that. Uh, I, I, I'm also quite aware, uh, Carl, that the word Leicester is going to prompt um, terrible reactions in you. I've calmed down a bit since Monday. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I would like the following remarks made. And Cam, you just mentioned 170,000 listeners. I might get that down to about 16 and a dog by the end of this ride. Um, Liverpool fans, I'm sick of you. I'm absolutely fucking sick to the back teeth of Liverpool fans. I went to the game on Saturday. Um, my uh, my brother-in-law lives near Leicester, so I went to stay with him. That was very nice. We went early to a pub to meet my other mates um, in Leicester, not far from the ground. We got into the ground. We sang a lot before kick-off. It was a great away end. Um, we go a goal up in 10 minutes. We all go mad. Um, we go 2 a up just for our time. We all go mad again. Liverpool don't play great in the second half. Um, they get a goal back because the keeper fucked up. That's going to be discussed, obviously. And then the final whistle. It was one of those games where you are looking, you're, you're looking at the ref rather than the ball in injury time. You just want to get across the line. There's an international break coming. Liverpool are going to win four from four, concede one goal, which we basically scored, um, ourselves. And you're going to go top of the league four from four. That final whistle goes, goes, our end went nuts. Absolutely nuts. People jumping all over each other. Really big deal. We've won at Palace away, hard game. We've won at Leicester away, hard game. And we made that game, and Leicester are a decent side. And there's a friend of mine, Neil, who said to me, it was Leicester fan, who said, Vardy makes a difference in that game. I completely agreed with him. I thought they were really strong. Yeah. I thought yeah. Mendy and, um, and Didi were fantastic in that game as well. Superb, yeah. And they pushed that game all the way. We got out of that game. We got the girl into the taxi. Which is an analogy I'm not actually too comfortable with, to be honest. But um, and we 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 left that ground on a high, and I had to walk through loads and loads of Leicester fans, and they're all saying, "Yeah, they sort of got away with that a bit, Liverpool." But that's what they're good at. You know, it was just a massive rush all the way. And then I went to read fucking pricks on social media, and I'm I'm be honest with you, it's, it's still my head, and it really has. Now it's. The goalkeeper fucked up for the goal. I don't see how anyone else can look at any, any for the goal. I just can't see it. But now it's Jordan Henderson, apparently, because Jordan Henderson put, put a ball 
lofted the ball into Virgil van Dijk, who still had time to roll it back to the goalkeeper, so he did nothing wrong as well. The goalkeeper fucked it up. Now it's, oh, do you know what? He's changed the midfield. And I wrote a piece about Henderson last week, and I'm, I'm not going to mention the lad who said it, but I hope to God you're listening, mate, because you haven't got a fucking clue about football. You said to me, oh, you got your wish then. Henderson played, look, we really struggled. Well, as if I was saying, yeah, do you know what we really want? We really want to drop Naby Keita. It's just that people are so fucking stuck of these things in their head all the time that they just don't see past it at all. Then Henderson gets a new contract. Some lads said, I mean, this this is a bad game, so, you know, some lads said on Twitter, because there's some pricks on Twitter, obviously, and I'm one of them, but this lad said, that's me done with the club. We just won four fucking because <laughs> 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 I've got a contract. Yeah. Fucking hell. And, yeah. Then, and then, of course, um, Lallana gets injured. Not good enough. He can fuck right off. When you walk... Are you fucking kidding me? Top of the fucking league. You know, wait till you say... Uh, I wish you'd swat to be around in 1993. I really wish you would have seen that. I really wish, wish you would have saw the Graham Sooness period where we had Dean Saunders and Paul Stewart playing for Liverpool and our back four was like Burroughs and, and a very, very old Steve Nichols. Not the great Steve Nichols. A very old one. But that side was utter dog shit. And we've just won four from four. And there's people talking about walking because Jordan Henderson gets a contract. Do I say fucking walk? Yeah. Walk all you want. You do not understand this game. No one in that ground at full time stopped and went, oh, I know we won that, but he sort of got away with it because they were a bit better than us, weren't they? And Jordan didn't have a great game. He didn't have a good game, and I'm not defending him at all. James Miller didn't have a good game, I thought. And I thought Jeannie Wijnaldum disappeared, which is um, great timing because I just wrote a piece about how great he is. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just the leaping on of agendas. And I, I know I get this accusation made against me because I'm not a fan of Michael Owen as a man. I'm not a fan of John Arisa, has been very publicly stated recently. Um, but when they did good things for Liverpool, it's okay to say, do you know what? He did really well there. Mm. Oh, you know, oh, you know, Jordan Henderson will never get another contract with another club. He's fucking England captain. He was England's captain for fuck's sake. He's been captain of every single side. He has ever been in, ever. Um, and yet these dickheads are all like, oh yeah, but you got a twisting clock. Well, if you've got a twisting clock, why don't you trust the man who, who says, yes, you know what, you're my captain ahead of Virgil van Dijk or James. Yeah. Yeah, Look, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to walk over uh, the, this uh, impressive um, 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 sort of um, ex- exercise, exorcising of, 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 of the demons. And I think it's very important to get out there. Clearly, our listeners are an intelligent bunch, and you know, we've always said we don't tell people, and we would never suggest how, how someone should support. Um, and it's, I think you make a very good point in that it doesn't seem to be possible to talk about somebody to talk about a player that's uh, in some way divisive we have to be um very much in one camp or another um if there's going to be any discourse and it's very so you said the apologist oh yeah you're just a henderson apologist i'm an apologist you once yeah. again we've got another pro article a pro henderson article like i've been told to write it no one has ever told me to write about something ever mm. it's just what's on my mind at the time yeah, can can we can we cut to the chase here? Because there has been a specific upshot here, and that you know that is far from a fit of peak, but actually a very real sort of a, a, a consequence for yourself in terms of a decision that you've made in the back. It just probably a, a, a build up to this particular point um, of sort of disillusionment with reaction and seeing this kind of nonsense. And you know, maybe if you you you'll probably be, phrase it better than I can. 
Yeah, I mean, never say never, because I think if you say things like this, then suddenly something massive happens. But I've pretty much given up writing about Liverpool. It's got that bad. And it's not just this one incident. I just thought, you're never going to be happy ever. I mean, I, t- I tweeted earlier this week that if Liverpool win the league, there'll be someone with a spreadsheet saying, no, we didn't. And I, I just don't... I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, because believe me, I really am not. But I just... If you're not, if you're not getting up on this, then what are we doing here? You know, it's it's just it just just irritates me so much. I will be writing about Liverpool because I've got commitments on the website as well, so I write, do I will be writing about Liverpool. But um it just it that just drove that was just the final so I just thought, well lads we've won four from four. And you're looking at things to beat up Liverpool about and I've got plenty. I, I beat up Peter Moore every single day. Um I'm I, I did a list this week on Twitter of things that annoyed me. And anything that praises Michael Edwards absolutely drives me nuts. Because I support Liverpool, I don't support the man with the spreadsheet. And it's all about what's on the pitch for me. And it's about going to match with my mates. And it's about having a laugh and seeing my brother-in-law. Seeing all the boys and girls at the game. Um, jumping on people's backs when we score, that sort of thing. Not thinking, oh, we need to scapegoat after this thing. Because we've been four in four now. Ah, Henderson was shit, wasn't he? We love him. Yeah. Just Henderson, if the Ronaldo was getting it as well. We've been fantastic this season. And if we lost 4-0, I would be first to shout. Um, and because you know that that's I'm, I'm passionate about my club, but when we win, fucking constantly, and um, we're still getting shit like that. I don't mind people slagging on my articles because I know I'm not for everyone, and no one is. And um, there's only say about twenty writers, the writers I, I, I really read all the time. Um, so fair enough, if people don't like, so it's not about. I just makes me think. I I just don't know what you want. I just I can't write for you. I don't know what you want. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a fair point. Cam, just maybe you're, you're I think, a take I think, Also, if he got the clean sheet, I think they, they would have been saying the same thing. Henderson's got a 45 hole. Yeah. That's a bit shit, wasn't it? Um, you're taking this? The whole Hendo situation? Or just, just, just the general, there's still people moaning after we've gone four from four. <laughs> well, what do they actually want then? Five from four? Yeah. Do you know what? We really should have 13 points by now. Yeah, I mean, it's someone's fault. It, it, it's it's looking for negativity when there's there's not really any negativity there. Um, they 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 just want to find something to have a whinge about. And my little take on it is there was plenty on the actual. The, the main thing they're moaning about is Henderson passing the ball to VVD, right? First he yeah. passed to Gomez, then he passed to VVD. Well, when uh, Gomez first had the ball. He passed to Milner, I think. Why didn't Milner pass it out to Mane, who was who was in the clear? Why didn't when um when Hendo got the ball? Hendo's got his back to has got his back to Mane, so he can't see him. So he's at, because of the angle he's at, and because of it, it's tight and it's compact. And we all want to play like Barcelona and be brilliant with possession with the ball and keep it and get ourselves out of tight spaces, which is what they were trying to do. Yeah. Let's let's ignore the fact that they were trying to play football. Let's let's co- concentrate on the fact that oh, we want them to boot it into the corner flag because that's that's what you should do in a tight situation. You either want your team to play football or you want them to be hoofable. Well, there's also there's another, there's an elephant in the room, isn't there? The, the goal was was someone's fault, and he put his hands up and said that was my fault. Yeah, and then again, you can look at you can you can even break that down and you can look at it and you can say, well, okay. The, it was a it was a poor pass from VVD, which VVD is probably acknowledged, and you know 
we anyone can see that, but he had he had time to make that pass back. Yeah, so Johnny Bean, he should, yeah, he could have and and VVD could have passed it to Marne still. But let, let's let's ignore that. Let's forget about the fact that three players could have passed it to Marne and not Jordan Henderson. But let's just forget about that. that. That's irrelevant, yeah? Let's just focus on that fact that Jordan Henderson passed the ball to one of our players. We've retained possession. But we shouldn't retain possession. We've got to clear it, okay? That's cool. So when the ball goes back to um, Allison, Allison still has time to do whatever, anything he wants to do. And the reason and, you know that is because he takes a touch. It takes a touch, yeah, and the, and the touch goes to the right, yeah? yeah. Now you've got to look at where where are your centre backs? Why haven't they split to give him a passing option? Yeah, they haven't. If you look at if you look at where Joe Gomez is, he's square on, he's straight on, he's not going to the byline. Okay, what? Why is nobody having to go at Joe Gomez? Because he's young, he's English. All right, excuse the English bit because they're having to go at Endo. Despite the fact he's in you, he's young and he's learning the game. Blah blah blah, and he's playing. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. Okay. So let's forget the fact that Joe Gomez was in the wrong position. Now let's look at the fact that <laughs> Allison trying to be clever, which is Again. which is his game. She's a ball-playing goalkeeper. Actually turned back into the danger area, into the danger zone. He went back towards his goal. Okay. All right. So he's fucked up. But then you've got to look at. Was there a possibility of a foul in all this? No. Because, well, you say there isn't, but I'm going to refer you to an incident last season where a player put his hand on a player's shoulder, went down, and there was a penalty for that. Yeah. The Leicester player, the striker, Inaccio, or whatever his name is, he had two players on Allison's back. Well, why isn't that a foul then? And the incident I'm referring to is... uh, uh, Lovren and Calvin Lewis. Yeah. So you, you know you, you can you can spin this so many ways, but to pinpoint it on one person, pathetic. I think um, I, I think I, it was someone I'm actually it might be in Shearer, I can't remember. He said a really good point about Ianacho on that. He said forwards never forget when they see a, a, a goalkeeper do something mad. They never forget. So Ianacho, ordinarily, I imagine, wouldn't even bother closing him down there because he's not a bit wide, but he's going to play it off the line. Yeah. But he thinks, you're nuts, aren't you? You're going to try and drag it in. I'm on you. And that's why. And what annoyed me more than anything else, and, you know, my, my rage with Alisson lasted for the, to, until the game finished. And I'm the last, because we won. But, uh, yeah. as Alisson said in the week, I'm, I'm a goalkeeper, likes to take risks. And I thought, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why do you mm. fucking put the, just, just give it to red shirt, mate. That's what we do here. You know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, What's your theatrical performances? And he's, he's a brilliant keeper and he's, the lad's made a mistake and I, I was made up, what was really worried was that Klopp said, oh yeah, that's just the way he plays, I think. Um, and Jürgen Klopp just said, he's not doing that again. Great. That's all. And, end of incidents. That's fine. People make mistakes. He's made a mistake. So, um, lads of our age had 15 years of Bruce Grobler. So, you know, so we're used to this. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's just that, obviously, when I got home, I just thought, oh, I was literally, I wonder what people are going to be saying about the, uh, the Allison incident. Because, um, my, my heart was full of love at that point, because we were one for them. And, um, and I just thought, well, hang on, a man who touched the ball five touches before, it's his, his fault. Oh, it's because he played. That's why. And that's just, I can't be doing it anymore. That's, I just really can't. I mean, um, I used to say this expression all the time when I was on forums and I got loads of abuse for it, but, um, I think I should support my Liverpool and they should support theirs. And mine isn't theirs. 
So I, I don't think I should talk to you, to be honest. It's just, because some of the comments I read about that were just fucking embarrassing. That's me, I'm done with this club. Can I just say <laughs> one more thing on this? <laughs> you're, not, you're, you're not done with the club bit, yeah. Um, can I just say, can I just say this? Those people criticising Henderson actually playing, being on the pitch, yeah, come, the end, come the end of the season, if we stop playing Naby Keita every game, Naby Keita is going to be burnt out by March. Who's going to play from March onwards? Yeah, exactly. And what these you? are the game. These are the games. We we've, we've got, got away for. with it. We've got away with it. What you got a squad for? These are the games where if you can rest a player, an important player, and pick up three points, that is the perfect scenario. This is what goes on to create the perfect storm to possibly try and win the league. And that has to be the end game there. That has to be the goal. Well, and this win, is win, how you do it. Win the league and have the points you mean. Well, obviously we <laughs> yeah, haven't got yeah. enough. We haven't got enough points yet. Let, let oh, me show you oh, this spreadsheet, you know. which proves that we didn't win. <laughs> yeah. The league. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, look, you know what? This isn't enough from uh, possible twelve. We should, yeah. Like I said, we should have had thirteen or fourteen by now. That is quite enough uh, of those uh, those that those people. And like we say, uh, the people listening to us aren't aren't obviously going to be amongst them. They're uh, uh, an intelligent bunch of of, of lovelies. But um, to change the subject completely, uh, oh, there are. Can I, can I, we still talking about Leicester Drake. I've got one more point I'd like to make because it's been massively overlooked since the game. Okay. Can I talk very very briefly about Shakiri's ten minutes? Well, that's that's more like it now. I, 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 yeah, let's do this. Let's do this because, uh, you know, he's had a very good week there as well. A, a, a bit of a screamer and a six 0 win for his country, and uh, he did. Uh, and you know, it's nice to see. But yeah, talk to me a little bit about the the impact that he had when he came on. There's a lovely Liverpool word. Yeah, that's it. There's a lovely Liverpool word called shithousery. Um, and um, a shithouse is either a coward. Um, or a man who does absolutely everything to make your life hell on the pitch. And what he did during injury time and, and, and well, basically from the second he got on, he ran, he ran into the channels. He argued about every single throw in. He was leaving little elbows and niggles all over the place just to keep the Reds further up the pitch. I fucking love that man for that. That's exactly what we needed. That was what a bastard does. And yeah. That yeah. Was- and I, I said um, my first tweet after the match um, was I was reading all my tweets from the time, and uh, literally that, that, that's man of the match for me. That is literally man of the match. You know, I know he didn't score the goals, and he very very dragged back or anything like that. But you need a player like that, and that was wonderful to observe. Well, I was on the post match immediately afterwards, and I've you know, I'm, you know while I'm doing it, I'm taking minute by minute notes as I'm watching the match. And it's a strange way to watch a match these days, but last season and so far into this one, that's exactly how I do. It. And you can see the patterns there in front of you when you're reviewing it. And his impact is amazing because quite literally, quite literally, they were all over us for the majority of that second half until he was introduced. And from that point onwards, they didn't have a look in, not a look in. And it was it was hugely down to his effort, hugely down to him making himself available, as you say, niggly little bits and pieces, but just intelligent too. And I love to see that enthusiasm on a fella coming onto a pitch at that point. And I, I, I bow to no one on this. I, I would agree with you completely. I think it's the absolute difference maker is his involvement. 
I think it's why we, why we get over the line. I think it's why we get those three points. And, and he took Salah off for it as well. It's good management. Yeah. He yeah. took Salah off. And he, no, no manager in the world takes Salah off. I was scratching my head at that. He had a quiet game, but um, yeah, I was confused at that. At the time, but then you see why. I just need I need someone to be a bastard for ten minutes. Yeah. And he. He did it wonderfully. He did it wonderfully, uh, to be fair. And, and, and it's, it's a massive deal. It's a massive thing to have uh, in our, on our bench. And it'll be a massive thing to have a guy like that who can start plenty of games as well. So yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a nice upbeat note to, to finish with the, 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 the Leicester thing. Um, lots of other sort of positive, uh, and, uh, you know, sort of more upbeat things going around uh, in international Fortnite because they are slim pickings. Obviously, I guess Cam, you probably saw uh, um, Trent's crossbar um, challenge yeah. thing. Did you? I, saw, I saw that yesterday. Uh, too uh, funny. It's fun, isn't funny. it? It's fun. Yeah. I, I I I love his this refrain of his because the guys like Loftus Cheek and Eric Dyer and uh, they're all so pole faced and and they look they look just kind of like the kind of automatons you think they would be. And he yeah. just keeps saying, be graceful in defeat. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I think Dyer was on the same side because he had a yellow bib on as well. And I was like, yeah. why is Dyer looking so yeah. sullen about it all? You know, he also said definite foul. You know, you don't know that's a game stuff for, you know, but. Yeah, but to, roll, to roll that ball and then ping it right off yeah, the top. Just, of just have a look at this. And I love the way he looks surprised as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah, marvelous, marvelous. If there's if there's if there's one low light, it's to see uh, the the uh, the um, affection with uh, with with the man. Lingo. But it's okay. It's yeah. okay. We, we'll, we'll, we'll let him have his little lingo. lingo. It yeah, is lingo. Yeah, they seem to be. I quite, they, like they, I quite like that. They both enjoyed the moment. I quite like that. They seem to be pals in fairness. I see this. You see them quite a lot together in the in the England stuff. Um, I, I, another video I want to mention just before we move on. Um, did, uh, did everybody get to see uh, Jose Mourinho hopping yeah. over, hopping over a little? Uh, I knew you were going to say that. Oh, fantastic! And he he got up, over with his left leg. I thought his right leg was already over, but somehow his right foot still manages to catch the red rope, doesn't it? Well, well what's what's properly amusing about it is that he goes down in installments. You know, he doesn't just <laughs> he, he doesn't just like face plant. He kind of goes down and, and then he disappears from sight and he's still falling by the time you see him next. It's, it's fantastic. Did, did you see the guy who helped him? What he had written on the back of his jacket? Yeah, here to help. <laughs> <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. I, I just, it was, it's worth it to, if you haven't seen it, folks, it's worth it just to see the sheepish head on, 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 on Mourinho as he gets up. It is good fun, I have to say. <laughs> Any other aspects of international fortnight? Um, um, take your fancy around. Anything of note at all? I know I certainly haven't watched a single moment of it, uh, and will not uh, until it's over. I could not care less. I'm, I'm just taking it as a break from football completely. But um, uh, Cam, did you? Yeah, I'll tell you what's thrown me completely with all of this. I thought it was just either friendlies or Euro Championship qualifiers, and then I found out whilst I was watching the England game, they suddenly said, "Oh, Nations Cup or something." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. What's going on? Here? Some new competition, yeah, it's yeah. Some yeah. weird competition where there's uh, three groups of four within the group of twelve, and then there's four groups of these groups, and uh, there's three teams in, in in each group, and they the top team then goes does does this, and then eventually there's going to be a final or something. I don't know. And does that sum up well? Has everybody got that? And, and, yeah. the, and the, the team in the bottom group goes into the Europa League. 
Yeah, well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I have, I have, all, all I can tell you is my takeaway from this so far is uh, that my lot got absolutely pummeled by Wales. And in the lead up to it, we have to, and they're rapidly appearing like dinosaurs in the modern game, Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane as a, as a duo. And we had the news that um, uh, Martin O'Neill pretty much admitted that Harry Arter, one of our best uh, midfielders and a guy who would be in the team, given we're not exactly chock full of wonderful footballers, will not play because we're falling out with um, with um, with Keane. And O'Neill fully admits that that you know that 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 his assistant manager is the reason why one of our better players uh, is not in the side because he won't. Uh, work with um, and it's just a car wreck it really is awful to watch as as a guy who you know got so much joy from watching Ireland over the years it's yep. just a car wreck I have to say um, but as for the rest of it I haven't seen a match all I know is that um, Adam Lalana uh, once more um, went to England and duty and um, has had to return um, and apparently the prognosis is that we're going to see very little of him for a month I know he's uh, trying I to saw spit. something. I saw something that said he might be back for the Tottenham game, but obviously that was completely wrong. Then, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he says it's a minor setback, which isn't ideal, as I've been in great shape until now. But it's positive news that it's only a brief layoff. I'll be, pl- uh, I'm pleased I'll be back for Liverpool both domestically and in the Champions League during September. So uh, it looks like it'll be a few weeks, but he should be back for the end of the month. Well, mm-hmm. not exactly short of what he's at the moment, are we? So I think we can live with that. Yeah, and 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 there was. Um, I'd be interested in your in in your take on this. If you have one, there was quite a lot of of um, uh, excitement there. One of the nights during the week, when I did actually manage to get to uh, my phone and, and monitor stuff about links with this uh, Rabio guy um, oh. and and people talking about um, people talking about maybe Lalana um, being for sale in January now because of uh, you know. Yeah. Good luck with selling him. Well, there, there you go. I mean, at this stage, I don't, I don't, I, that, I think that's almost irrelevant. But then we had the, um, we had one of the Echo guys, I think it was Ian Doyle, just saying, no, it's nonsense and scuff yeah. and uh, blah, blah, blah. But it is interesting, isn't it? I mean, I know an awful lot of people, I think, were just kind of rolling their eyes at transfer talk already. Um, but, you know, at least, at least when we are being linked with people now, they're of uh, very, very high quality and very highly rated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's 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 nice that um, we're almost getting the pick now. Naby Keita's huge. It's a huge signing. Allison's, Allison's a huge signing, and it's nice that we're shopping in that shop. Yeah, for sure, for sure it is. Um, I just I meant to say something there back when you were talking about Shakiri, and it's a good point you made. I know that he actually has said something. See if I can put my hands on it really quick. Yeah, he he reckons it's a quote from him. I thought it was very interesting, and it's, it's another uh, string to his bow that people I think were quick to dismiss and and write off his time with Bayern Munich. But what he said was, as a new player, I want to show my football. Um, most of the players know me already from the Premier League and from Bayern, and I have a good amount of experience. I won many titles with Bayern, and I want to try to give this experience to this Liverpool team, which is still young, and try to help them win something. And you forget about that, that he is a guy like James Milner, who's picked up, you know, big honours uh, and is, is in this side and, you know, is familiar with being a winner. Uh, and, you know, that's that's massively important, too. He knows how to get. A, he knows how to get a game over the line. 
yeah which it, a, lo- a lovely little metaphor it was it was was that 10 minute cameo you know it's perfect yeah we just need to do this that's we were absolutely under the cosh here um we played ourselves into a bad position and um don't worry because i love i love the bit where he, he put the ball on the corner flag and he didn't even he just put it down like he was putting a cup of tea on a table and then he just sort of staggered back with his ass in the air ready for the was going to jump into him well, we've probably all at some stage played against someone who had that particular uh, yeah. weapon in there, if you forgive, forgive the pun, in their arsenal. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's <laughs> it, you know, it's, it is a thing. Uh, it's something that from watching Kenny, I tried to do. Remember when I, when I was, when I was playing as well, it's, you know, you, you can buy yourself a, a little bit of extra time and it's massively frustrating for opposition. Yeah. If you, you just, and it, it just buys you that little bit of space. And if you, I guess if you're probably, it's, like, it's saying foul me, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah. You, you know, you it's like st- stockier players, stockier guys with lower center. Sammy good at it. Who we'll say again? Sammy Lee. Sammy, yeah, Sammy, Sammy Lee. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't get stuck here in Sammy, to be fair. The other news then related to Liverpool and injuries is Simon Mignolet returned from the Belgium squad with an injury, but apparently it's nothing too serious and should be able to take his place on the bench against Spurs. So, I mean, outside what, what do you of. Do the... drop a pair or? <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. How, how, does a, how does a bench player get injured? I, I do. He's. Uh, I guess it was training. You know. I guess it was training. But um. Like the line, those yeah. benches have corners, you know. That's yeah. True. Oh, That's by true. the way, can, can I just mention something? Because again, obviously we had Virgil and, and and Ginny heading off. I think Ginny had an absolute mare um for for um for Holland from what I heard during the week in um Wesley Schneider's last game. Um, but an interesting thing uh, that I noticed. And I just want to run this past you. Have you guys watched um, either Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Yes. Uh, Breaking Bad. Right. Do you, are, are you familiar with the two uh, uh, hitman brothers? They're like twins. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they've got the shaved head and they've got the Virgil van Dyke um, beard um, yeah. uh, layout. I swear to God, one of those brothers, the better looking dude, is actually fucking Virgil van Dyke with a shaved head. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I couldn't unsee it. I watched the most recent episode of Better Call Saul, number four is up. They're doing this week by week thing on Netflix, which completely defeats the point of Netflix for me. But anyway, um, and I could not unsee it. I couldn't unsee it. And I, I, I challenge anyone to look at, at, at uh, episode four there and look at that guy and you can't. It's, I mean, Probably Virgil's a bit prettier, but it's not far off. It's a really interesting one. I, 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 I'd encourage anyone to look at it. I, I uh, think that Virgil van Dijk looks like he plays um, cards with his mates in a, in a boxing ring in a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. Like a lock, stock and two smoking barrels when he loses the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, with a waistcoat on and a pinky ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he, I think he could carry that look off. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so we had, we had, the other the other vague international news was uh, Andy Robertson being made captain of Scotland. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Nice, nice, nice thing to see, and uh, another um, means we have another captain in our team, another leader in our in our in our, uh, in our lineup, which is always good to see. Um, I don't know how many international captains that means that we have now, but I'd say there's quite a few at this stage. Um, you know, and outside of that, I don't know, Cam, anything, anything take your attention, or, or is that is that pretty much all there is to it this week for us? Um, no. Uh, I, I, I was actually, I, I would say, I was watching the England game. And I got so bored, um, I then put on X Factor, um, which was really exciting, but I still got bored. And so I ended up watching uh, Sopranos, which was brilliant. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Uh, we are talking. And actually. Halfway through Series 2. It is. Oh, Series 2 is a beauty. Richie April. Richie. Richie indeed. We just had the uh, shooting of uh, the nephew. Yeah. Well, do you know what we're going to do, gents? The shooting of the nephew and the chat of Soprano seems to have wheeled us out of football, unless you've got something specific you want to talk about, because that's can pretty I much... Actually, can I say one thing? Yeah. Um, my local side, which is Hendon FC, um, I don't know too much about this, because I've, I've been away from um, social media for a bit, but um, they have launched an initiative where people with mental health issues get to go and watch Hendon free. And uh, I, it's an incredibly nice thing, as the BBC covered it. And um, and I think this this I genuinely have this view that it's a lovely thing done for the community because Hendon is run by the community. It's run by fans, um, and it's chaired by a man called Simon Lawrence. And um, I think it's fantastic that that club can look into um, things that are affecting um, young people's lives all the time. And to do that, for the level they are, they, their average attendance is two hundred and fifty, and. I think that's a tremendous thing to do. I'm so I'm just going to give a, a shout out to my local side because I'm, I'm gen- I genuinely thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it's a lo- that's a lovely touch. And actually, we should mention as well. It'd be remiss of us not to mention the uh, Stillian Petrov and James Milner um, um, yeah. um, game at the what was it yesterday, the day before? I think it was on Saturday uh, afternoon actually. Um, for the it was the James Milner Foundation, Celtic Foundation, and Stillian Petrov Foundation all come together and they had a bit of a jolly up on a, a Petrov eleven and a, and, a, and a Milner eleven and um, three all draw and uh, probably not lots of money raised for um, um, for cancer research which is um, always a, a wonderful thing to see so uh, hats, off, hats off to Mr. Milner there I think he's um, Robbie Keane was very confused during the game was he? <laughs> well, I'm just assuming I'm just assuming because obviously he supported both kids as a as a cl- you know both clubs as a kid sorry and yeah. um, he didn't know which, way, which kid he was wearing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, uh, he, he impressed uh, Jurgen. Jurgen was impressed with him. Um, uh, he reckons uh, he was still very in great shape and looked looked uh, halfway decent. But um, yeah, just wanted it, wanted it, wanted to mention that as well before we uh, before we move away from the football. Um, and the last thing that uh, football related that I am going to mention um, is. Uh, did you get to see um, the pictures doing the rounds of, of Roberto Mancini walking around the place topless? Because that guy is. He, he, why, would you, why would you even bring that up? He's, why would you do he's that? an inspiration to us all, lads. I'm just saying, he's an inspiration to us all. That guy's in savage shape for a 52 year old. And uh, it, 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 gave, it gave me hope that um, I, I can still be beautiful at 52. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you've only got 20 years to do it in, haven't you, Trevor? Uh, it was, it was 35 from 50. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, just, that's, that's the basic sum. Last week. 
Oh, it's 32. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Have you got three years <laughs> on in a week? <laughs> Dude, if you'd had the week I'd had. Uh, Are these oh. dog years you're talking? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I said to you that we'd look at a few different things. There's all sorts. But, Cam, I'm going to give you first call because you told me you've done lots of research. So you can oh. pick the next topic and then you can go into it. Um, well, best and worst thing about international football. I know we're sort of getting off football, but you said something, uh, uh, you asked the question earlier, uh, the best and worst thing. And, uh, I just wanted to say the best and worst thing for me in international football was England during Italian 90. Because I actually genuinely supported England during Italian 90 because of Gaza and Lineker and Stuart Pearce and Glenn Hoddle and John Barnes and Bobby Robson and Terry Butcher and Peter Shilton. Um, I can't remember who the who else was playing, but there's well, quite a few. Chris Waddle, you mean? Chris Waddle, sorry, Chris Waddle, yeah. And um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the tournament, and you know, it was the best thing was watching England progress and then get to the semi-finals, and then it it was devastating the way we lost in the semi-finals. It was so heartbreaking, and um, as great as great as uh, England were, or maybe not so great in the last World Cup. That, that team, if they'd won the World Cup, you'd have said, yeah, they deserved it. They were that good. So that was for me what was probably the best and worst thing in international football that I, you know, I could really pinpoint. I like that. I like that. And what about one of the other ones then, the non-football topics that you prepared? For example, let me suggest I asked you to, I asked you to, um, come up with your, your best cover version ever uh, and I think you've got a very specific one actually I think you might have flagged it up already I have yeah um, best cover version ever um, was actually a song that was originally recorded by Prince but he never actually released it so um, it, it's still a cover because this person recorded it and they sold millions. And that would be, uh, nothing compares to you by Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. And I can't think of a better cover ever. I it is a belter. It is a belter. I, I saw Prince when he played the Hot Farm Festival in Kansas, his first UK gig in ages. And, um, he said, uh, he, he sang it. And at the end of it, he said, that's a Sinead O'Connor song. And everyone like booed. It was sort of, no, not in a nasty way to her. It's like, you know, now it's your song, mate, you know. There's a fair bit of love for him, as you can imagine. And then he just said, just very, very quiet, he said, my dear, it did buy me a house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the man for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carl, any, any, any sheds for yourself on, on best cover versions? It's probably one that people don't realise are cover versions. Um, uh, Hanging on the Telephone by Blondie. Who's, who, who's, who I can't remember. I'll, I'll have to, I can look it up. But, but okay. And it's an exact cover. It's literally note for note. Okay. Okay. They, they haven't done a special take on it. Very interesting. And that's absolutely, that's, that's just a tremendous song. Um, I also genuinely like the song, um, I think we're alone now by Tiffany, which is a cover well, by, by the Rubenews. And, uh, it is quite a banger, to be fair. Because I'm on guitar. Uh, I'm not going to sing it for you now, but, um, just, uh, yeah, I, I, I just absolutely love that song. I, I would, uh, song by Bundy, and, it, and it just says, Song by Blondie, and it isn't, it's by a band called the Need the Nerves in 1978. 
And you've obviously heard this original, yes. And it's yeah, a very, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the same a, as, as, as Monday's version. A faithful version. I would go for two um, cover versions of Bob Dylan tunes. I love the Birds okay. version of Mr. Tambourine Man. That's yeah. just unreal as as a, like in terms of an atmospheric piece of music. And I love Jimi Hendrix version of All Along the Watchtower. So yeah. they would be my two. Um, and the worst one, I would say, I don't know if you ever had the misfortune of seeing Sid Vicious version of My Way. Yes. Yeah. Is he any wow. good? Wow, wow, and um, that's 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 painful stuff. Yeah. That is painful stuff. Any bad oh, words? Bruce Willis did one, didn't he? Bruce Willis did. I remember under, this. under the moonwalk, was it? Uh, no. Under the boardwalk. Uh, under the boardwalk. Under the boardwalk. I think. Where I get, yeah. Where I get moonwalk from? I think of Michael Jackson, aren't I? Um, yeah, that was. I think that was pretty awful. There was there was a there was some sort of a documentary done around that time and it stuck in my head. It was like, oh god, um, it was I don't know was Willis starring in it, but it was trying to make out that he was a sort a sort of a, 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 a musician type character or something. Does that no no he him? was in a detective. He was in Moonlight. Oh no, I know I know he's in Moonlight, but there was this one off sort of um, faux documentary and I just uh, for the life of me I, I've never seen it since and any time I mention it to people they think I'm mental, but it did happen. <laughs> and I just I just can't find that anywhere. Uh another one that we had uh Sorry, can I just interrupt there for a second? Um because I don't know if anybody knows this, but Duran Duran did a version of nine one one is a joke about the public enemy. Huh. Exactly. Huh. I'm not, I'm, uh, that sang Flavor Flavorland. I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm I'm mightily curious, and yet I think I prefer prefer to never ever hear it. At the same time, I'm not sure. I uh, reckon if you listen to it, you'll feel violated. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the whole thing. Now you're that. even more tempted to possibly listen to it. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't heard it since, since it came out, but. I, I just want to know if Simon Le Bon sings They Only Come When They Come When They Wanna. Because that, that's what Flavor Flav sings. That sounds like a Frankie Goes to Hollywood line. No, because that, that's what Flav sings when the Flav Flav sings. Like, they only come when yeah. they wanna. Oh, no. I just imagine can't seeing Simon Le Bon from Oxford, the very front. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, it's the, 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 it sounds it just it sounds ridiculous. So I am yes. going to look it up. Uh, Cam, I'm going back to you because I'm going to let you pick one more because I know you've done preparation here. So pick one more of the topics and then I'll do one and then we'll finish because we're getting close to the hour mark at this stage. Oh, I can go with uh, Netflix. I can go with comedies. I can go with best album. I can oh. go with style hero. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do two two from those uh, to finish us finish us out. So we'll go with uh, a, 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 your your last one can be either a, a shout for best album or a Netflix shout if you like, because that's kind of our default final one that we we, yeah. we go to. Uh, but for for the, each of you first, um, let's go with that. Who would be your style hero, either in terms of clothing or attitude or uh, something that they've done, uh, some, the way they carry themselves, whatever it happens to be? Uh, it sounds like, Cam, you've got someone in mind here. Trev Downey. <laughs> Son of a <laughs> Fucking wind-up merchant. Uh, Do you want me to send you a screenshot? <laughs> Is it is it one is it something horrendous put together? Because if, no, no. If, if, I'm gonna send you. I, I, I'm just gonna copy and paste this. I'm gonna go in there, do that, and you tell me if I could have typed that quickly. 
That's <laughs> very impressive. <laughs> I can confirm for the listeners that he has he has put my name down there like a like a mad joke besides and then, and then, and then that's, a, that's a shit joke at the bottom as well. <laughs> We're coming back to that. I think we should do an entire half hour on shit jokes at some point. Uh, but I, okay. I say to her, by the way, isn't it nice that to know that eventually that Harinder's going to be doing your your biography? Well, uh, with, uh, because with he's got such pictures of you all yeah. that he can just abuse. Into, um, I would buy the Trev Downey biography just to see what the pages were like in the middle of the book. Well, she, she, Lauren Hardy one of me yesterday. You dressed as Yoda, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, uh, that, 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 that is definitely the cover of the book yeah. is, 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 uh, is, is me as, as, as Skywalker and, and, and Cam as Yoda. That's, that's, that's just glorious. I can't, I can't get enough of watching that. But yeah, I, 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 he at one stage, uh, mocked me up in a sequence of different, um, uh, uh, headgear, um, uh, and uh, apparently it was, it was kosher. I, uh, you know, it was fine because, uh, you know, it wasn't me doing it. Uh, and I gotta say, I can rock that turban. I, can... <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it, man. I like it. I like it. Is that gonna swing the deal in rural Islands? You think? <laughs> I don't, I, I people, don't. People walking past you through, all right, Trev. I'm not sure how it'll go, it'll go over here, but I gotta say, uh, I'm, I'm loving it. Now, I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe even one of, one of, one of those creations, Cam, you had, uh, at the recent wedding. That's, that was spectacular too, you know. Uh, that's some Thank nice you. headgear, you know. I like that a lot. Uh, Carl, in terms of a style icon for you, like, uh, someone who, not even necessarily clothing, just attitude, swagger, whatever. I think I'll do clothing, to be honest. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I had to wear a suit when I, when I was hanging about with the Lord Mayor this week. Lang. Wow. Uh, wow, wow. Sadiq, I said. Yeah. Um, who's your style guru, Sadiq? I said, well, Tardy said, no. Um, <laughs> I had to wear a suit. I hate wearing suits. I don't like wearing shirts, even. Never okay. have wearing shirts, ever. Um, but I always... Listeners, stop. I'm just going to stop. Listeners, in case you're not sure, he just likes to go around and invest. That's pretty much it, to be honest. He didn't want to look... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Don't knock it. Um, I love the first hour of Goodfellas, where you know they showed uh, uh, there's, a, there's a shot of um, Henry and Tommy uh, Idlewild Airport, as it was called at the time, uh, leaning on the car. And they've got these really, really sharp Italian suits on, and those um, uh, those shirts where like <laughs> where the tip of the collar touched, so you can't see the top of the tie. I think that looked amazing. The suits in Goodfellas are amazing. That's that's an interesting look. It really is. Yeah, you know, I really like that though. I, I do. I do quite like mafioso chic. Because yeah. like the, when the mafia, mafia got really really lazy in the seventies and stuff, and they were all just wearing Hawaiian shirts and <laughs> really bad, you know, like li- literally tracksuits. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah the, the sort of velour velour tracksuits. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> In their entirety, not just like wearing the tracky top and a pair of pants, actually wearing the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing, yeah. Probably all lots of Sopranos wears a whole tracksuit. Yeah. yeah, probably some sort of nice maroon color and definitely, definitely velour. Um, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a very, very spe- specific type of look. I don't know who I'd go for. I, I think 
part of me is always sort of a bit pissed off that I'm not sort of a, a, a absolutely skeletal kind of a creature so I could wear uh, all the clothes that Nick Cave wears because I think he's one stylish worker. Yeah. I really like Nick's look and always have. So if I had to pick a style icon, it'd be, it'd be Nick, but I can't, uh, I can never uh, carry that off because I think you have to have that sort of heroin chic look about you and, uh, Sadly, I'm too well fed for that kind of nonsense. So, you would have said Serp, um, Al Pacino and Serpico. I, 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 that is, that is quite the look. Um, but you're entering that way, aren't you? Let's face it. I'd be more of a Carlitos way, man. That era. There was a time when I had a nice line in those 70s, uh, leather jackets. Um, uh, Oxblood one, a black one, I had a brown one. Yeah, I was, that was quite, that was quite the era for me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was your um? What was your Doctor Martin game in the in, in the in the uh, in days gone by? I had the lot, man. I had bubble toe bubble toe shoes that were ox blood. I had um oh, no. a pair a pair of straightforward black dock shoes, and I had um one of each uh, boots uh, over over various. Obviously, not all I at had once. Chelsea boot as well, and I had the ten holers, the ox blood ten holers. I I, I, I forgot. I, I they forgot were they else to get on. Yeah, yeah. I forgot they did a Chelsea boot. Doc Martin. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, just, it's just an excuse me to use the word elasticated gusset. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 that's just what a glorious phrase. Can you just say? Can you just say it again? Just, just, just rock it out there again. That's a, that's glorious. Elasticated gusset. Elasticated gusset. And if you think that's not what we're calling the show, folks, <laughs> I, I really don't know. You, you've obviously not been following. Thanks. Uh, Fuck for that. <laughs> I've got to it for a week. I can't yeah. It's uh, for 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 once. It's not it's not brains related. <laughs> uh, okay. We should do something about the titles one day. I did enjoy Lord Cam Sugar. That, that was <laughs> <laughs> that was self inflicted. He's got no yeah. one to blame, blame but himself for that one. Uh, yeah. Last thing then. Uh, to be honest, most of them are either your favorite album Cam or your fa- or your current favorite uh, Netflix show. We'll keep it brief because we're just on the hour now since we started and we'll wrap it up. Um, so favorite album or favorite Netflix show, which are you going to go with? I'll squeeze them both in. Currently watching Aquarius. Last episode will be watched after the show now with oh. David Coffney. Really interesting with um, what's going on. I'm sure I mentioned it last week. But my, I'm not a big music fan as you uh, probably alluded to in the past, but my favourite album, as you can see in the chat, um, is Urban Hymns by The Verve. Yeah, you it. mentioned it before, yeah. Oh, you actually yeah. have mentioned that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So you, it is a strong album, I'll give you that. It yeah. is I, like, I like the dreamy one at the end, everyone it's called, but... Yeah, I haven't heard, I haven't listened to that album for so long. Would you have listened Same. to it recently, Cam? Uh, I've just got four tracks on my uh, in my playlist. There's four tracks ah, okay. that I really ah, okay. me, so... Okay, I've got those. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Very good. Carl, to finish out you, I, I guess you better do the same as Cam then. But, uh, a, 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 I'm, 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 I'm not going to... music because I'm having problems with Netflix at the moment. It keeps crashing on me. Well, so, I'm not going to limit you to one album because I know, like me, you're a bit of a, a music hound. So give me give me a couple then if you want. Um, I recommend, if you've got 27 minutes spare tonight, I recommend you listen to the Ramones' first album entitled The Ramones because it's just beautiful from start to finish. It just never leaves you alone. From the very first chords of um, Blitzkrieg Bop to uh, the, the last uh, words of um, Today Go Tomorrow the World, it's just they they just put you on a roller coaster and speed up. It's just a fantastic album, and I'd also recommend um, there's a band called the Beatles 
They're quite good. Um, no, actually, I'm not going to like them. I like uh, a band called um, Professor Yaffle. They're a band from Liverpool, and they're just uh, they're quite sort of hippie-ish, and uh, and they're very very nice on Twitter. Uh, when you when you tweet them, um, me and my friend Warren are trying to get them to do a gig in London because I really like them. Professor Yaffle, as in the character from Bagpuss. I was just going to say, what do I know Professor Yaffle yeah. from? But I've never watched Bagpuss, but it must be just the one, out the there in the ether. The woodpecker. Oh, right, right, right. Is that is that a thing you watched, Bagpuss? Loved it. Emily loved him. Yeah. Did you? Did you watch what was the thing that had oh the Wombles? I had a flashback to the Wombles recently. Or Ori Noko and the boys. Yeah. Uh, there was a, there was a professor someone or other. Was uh, from Bulgaria. I, I like Tomsk because he was the um he was the uh the Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah. Because Tom, they were also quite posh in the bay. But Tomsk just sort of you know if you need a ladder put on him, here's your man. I mean that's <laughs> Okay, well, to wrap it up, my uh, album share, and I can't recommend this enough, is go and have a look at some of the American series by um, Johnny Cash, where he does yes. uh, album after album of covers. And there are some incredible ones on there. But my current one that they used in Westworld and uh, did they, they did their own version of it like they do in the Westworld soundtrack, which is, again, very interesting. It's a nice selection of 10 or 15 tunes and they do their own kind of versions of them as well. But Ain't No Grave by Johnny Cash. Get yeah. yourself onto that. First of all, that's a belt. Also, right. Hurt. And Hurt is just glorious. I mean, that's the sound of a man aging in front of you. It's just, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Uh, right, we should finish it up, folks. Um, and uh, we will indeed wrap it up for this episode of the Anfield Index podcast. Before we go, the customary uh, request, lads, if you've any uh, final thoughts or plugs or anything you want to mention, Carl, I usually come to you first. So let's do that. So I'm wearing grass on the ball. Is that every uh, Wednesday? And I think Stephen Sprague's doing something this week. And I've seen, I've been discussing what it's about, and it's mad, so I'm quite looking forward to that. Uh, um, and obviously the novel, um, Falling Without Landing, now has its first four-star review. I'm very disappointed with that, but um, every <laughs> review so far has been five stars, and I've got a four. Thank you, Dave from Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's Revenge. His, his name is um, Dave Seagays. He's a really, really good lad. And that's Revenge because he... Um, the end of my first book was very emotional, to say the least, and he sent me the best review ever, which was, you bastard, you made me cry on the tube. All right, so he's getting you back. That's fair he's enough. getting me back for that, yeah. That's fair enough. I'd withhold a star as well if you made me cry, to be fair. Uh, Cal, what about yourself? Uh, two quick things. Um, firstly, I'm guessing most people use Amazon, and they shop on Amazon. and uh, Mostly to buy books, Cam. Uh, it's a great, great, great point, that, Carl. Uh, yeah. great place to... Uh, Download your uh, T Kindle. Um, you can choose a charity on there. Why not choose the Marina Daglish Peel and help support what AI Pro are trying to do with the King in helping that appeal? So it's a way of contributing without having to necessarily over contribute. Yeah. So go for that. And then I've just got a quote to finish with. Lovely. Just imagine becoming the way you used to be as a very young child. Before you understand the meaning of any word, before opinions took over your mind, the real you is a loving, joyful and free. The real you is just like a flower, just like the wind, just like the ocean, just like the sun. Is this like the previous week where it's just of no um, specific origin that you've just picked it up somewhere on the Internet? Yep. Okay, 
Well, well, we should just leave it and let those words settle there in that uh, in that nice way that we've uh, we've become accustomed to with you. And on that note, that inspirational note, we will finish with me thanking you, our treasured listener, for the support of your ears and imploring you, as always, I do to lend us the support of your recommendation in whatever form that may come. I've been Trev Downey, and until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.